Hello HK and Beyonders, it's Shaz here and Leon's here too, say hi. Hi. We are back for episode 10 of the HKB podcast. Today we are looking at An Eye for an Eye from 1990. This stars Jerry Wong, Max Mock and Wilson Lam. The director is Osing Pui. So before we get into it, let's have a little listen to the trailer. have a brief few-line synopsis from IMDB. When Fung's cop boyfriend Tats puts her supposedly reformed triad father behind bars, Fung aims to rid the organisation that her father runs of its dirty ties. So Leon, what's your initial impressions of An Eye for an Eye? Well, I hadn't seen this one before. It's been sat on the shelf for a while, and as you know, I love a film with Joey Wong in it. And I thought this was an interesting, if not outstanding, Hong Kong thriller of the 90s. It had elements of heroic bloodshed in there. We had some action. We had some drama. We was a little bit devoid of humour in this one. But I thought it was okay. I'd seen a lot of negativity on this film on some reviews online where people are saying it's just run off the mill, nothing special. Mm. But I personally thought there was a little bit more in it than that. I thought this was quite an entertaining film. And I think if you look at it with a critical eye and really studiously eye up the performances, I think they do a reasonable job. No, I agree. I think, I mean, I guess people could be negative about it because of the treatment of Joey Wong in it. It's quite harsh. But I think it was, well, it had to be like that, really, didn't it? To to show the depth some people would go to to control a business, you know, in the triad empires, I guess. Because it's all about the power, isn't it? Yeah, there's, there's power and uh, lust that that main guy given the villain in it Lung Fong the actor he plays Chiong mm. he it's was yeah <laughs> <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth he's particularly good at playing a scumbag he was a right scumbag and you do really really feel sorry for Joey Wong in this I mean she goes through it and you almost feel like she's going through it as an actress having to put herself mm in that position and the ordeal that her character goes mm. through it's quite a lot but very well acted that you felt her distress oh yeah you know it was proper felt felt real yeah it did it was a bit disconcerting seeing what was happening to her what Chung was putting her through and um, it made you really hate him and really you're rooting for her mm. but there's more than that going on in this film. We've got cross-over relationships between a lot of the different characters. Bit of a love triangle or a love square. Yeah, a quadrangle. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so Tats, who is her cop boyfriend, he's played by Wilson Lamb, who has also been paired up with Joey Wong before and regular viewers to our YouTube channel may remember we covered reincarnation of golden lotus mm. and i think that might have been his first pairing with joey wong and there was chemistry there and there was chemistry here as well but i feel that wasn't the strongest relationship in the film it was um kind of spread a bit more evenly than that mm. and I, I felt there was more going on with max mox character for me chung yeah chung he held a torch for Joey Wong's character, mm -hmm. for um, Fung. And at the same time, 
there was Audrey, a really sweet girl. Yeah, I loved Audrey. Yes, and she was seemingly really wrapped up in Chung. Mm-hmm. Making him soup every day. Yeah. Wanting to prove what a good wife she could be. Yeah. Very sweet. It was, and he was, He didn't treat her very nice. And was a bit mean, wasn't he? As is with a lot of Hong Kong mm. movies, they over-clarify that. They make it stand out. They put highlighter mm. pens right round it, like, oh, look, he's being mean to her because he likes the other girl. Yeah. And it's like, they want to make it obvious, and it is very, very obvious. Mm. So you really do feel for her. And it's not like she's an ugly duckling or anything. I mean, it's hard to look gorgeous, I guess, when you're acting next to Joey Wong. But I thought she was quite an, a, an attractive um, lady, even the, you know, the character. Yeah. And I thought that Chung should have had a lot to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. But he missed out, and we see that in a series of flashbacks, because... He went to buy something that Joey Wong, or Fung, I should say, saw in a shop. And he got it all wrapped up for her in the flashback. And he was going to deliver it to her. But when he gets there to to meet her, Tats is with her. And at that point, it's obvious that they're going to have a relationship. Yeah. So he has to bury his own affection. Mm -hmm. Which I'm not sure he does that that effectively. Because it's overly obvious that he's infatuated with her. Yeah, and I think Chung is a very complex character and he's very emotional and a bit unstable, um, which then when you compare him to Tats, who was a, a lot more sort of controlled and quiet. So that's an interesting contrast between those two characters as to how the story progresses, isn't it? It is. And then we also have the relationship between Tats and Chung because they're best friends yeah and you know you can tell that Tats and Fung want the four of them to be together as a a strong yeah. group of friends mm-hmm. and there's a scene where they're going out for a meal together mm. and Max Mock is putting a bit of distance between himself and Audrey's character played by Angela Fong mm-hmm. and you can see that everybody's a bit displeased with him, especially Audrey. <laughs> yeah. Because he's pushing her aside and making her feel awkward. And it's hard at that point to think, well, do I fully like him? Do I, f- you know, fully accept his character? But the more the film goes on, I think the more you do digest it, the more you yeah. get sold on it. Because Max Mock, he's a good actor. Yeah. And I, I feel he delivers... You know, some nice subtle acting Mm. in some parts of this film. Yeah. I mean, there's a bit, isn't there, where he's talking to Fung, Joey Wong's character, and she pays him a compliment and says, oh, you know, any lady would be really pleased to have you as a boyfriend or husband. Mm. You're caring, you're kind, you're intelligent. And he kind of laughs at her and goes... Oh, I'm not intelligent. I'm not as good as Tats. <laughs> and she doesn't really respond to that, does she? No. And you he can... was hoping she would. You know, and she'd be, she'd be like, Oh, no, well, you're much better than Tats. <laughs> <laughs> and so he looked a little disappointed that, he, that she didn't say anything like that. And he was hoping she would. Yeah, you well, could... that's what we thought anyway. Yeah, I think you could see it clearly. There was a a big smile as he put it out there, expecting it to get picked up. Fishing for a compliment. Yeah, and then there was the look of forlorn. <laughs> yes. But it was brief. Mm. It was subtle. And not something you'd expect in mm. a film of this type. No. That you could easily dismiss. No. But credit to Max Mock. You know, I think he delivers in most films I've seen him in. Yeah. You know, when he played, um, I can't remember the name of the character, in Once Upon a Time in China sequels, Foon. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, of course. He was great. Yeah. And he picked up from Yoon Bu in that, so mm, you yeah, think... Yeah, he liked him in that. And I thought mm. he was just as strong, if not a yeah. tiny bit stronger for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, sacrilege. 
Um, can't say that. I know, but I did. I do really like him, and I, I really, yeah. for me, the film, the strength of the film lies in Max Mock for me personally. Yeah, um, I agree. But saying that, I really like Wilson Lamb in it too. His yeah. his character is a bit more restrained. Yeah, and um, maybe that's just as tough a job to do to get right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not mm-hmm. an actor. You guys out there, tell me if you do any acting. <laughs> which is the tougher role the hot head or the more restrained calm character mm-hmm. what would you say Shaz who stood out for you in this film because um, there's a lot of characters there are and I think I think Joey Wong stood out to me and I'd say Max Mock as well but also Angela Fong that played Audrey yeah I think they were my favourite characters. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got nothing against Tats, played by Wilson Lamb, but maybe because he was a bit more restrained. I don't know. He sort you of went, feeling, yeah. yeah went under went under my radar a little bit. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. You feel like they could have given him a little bit more because mm. he has proven himself as an actor. Yeah. But it it was odd. You'd think reading the script that his character would be the main one but I felt yeah. more like it was it was um, Max Mock Chung yeah Max Mock and as for Lung Fong playing Chong this is going to get confusing isn't it Chung and Chong yeah but Chong played by Lung Fong he was really good he was a despicable yes. character and he also um, he's very cunning because when Fong's father is not well and going into hospital mm. He kind of tells Fung that she's in charge, but at the same time, he says to Ricky Yai's character to keep an eye on her. Yeah. And you can see he's a little bit put out by that, you know, Chong. Mm. And uh, he says, oh, don't worry, we'll both look after her. Mm. But we know that he has an intention you can tell it straight off the bat mm. that he has an intention to take over. Yeah, see his opportunity. And he has designs mm. on Fung. Mm. Not pleasant ones. No. And um, I don't know, do we put up any... Can we talk spoilers on this one, Shaz? Do you want to do an alert or... We do do a spoiler alert so we can do it now. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So, right. Okay. Ricky Yai's character, he gets killed off. And he gets killed off by some of Cheong's, like, underlings, if you like. Yeah. There's just two of them. One's, like, a younger kid, and the other one's the more experienced hand. Mm. And um, they take him out in a particularly brutal scene, then bang over the head. Oh, yeah, that was horrible. Multiple stabbings. Mm. But he takes some going down, doesn't he? Yeah. And um, I think the younger one, Cheong, is responsible for his dad's murder, isn't he? Yes. And he wants to kill him. And That's a bit later on, I think, but yes. Yeah. But yeah, once Joey Wong gets wind of that, because she's kind of trapped, isn't she? With what happens to her with the the rape, him video camera in her naked because yeah. he pulls the sheets away. And, um, no, there is no naked Joey Wong for those that are just, you know, thinking about that. It's implied, and I think implied is more than enough serviceable for this film. Yeah. I I don't think I could take it if they threw in, you know, complete graphicness with the harshness of this film. I think it's enough as it is. And um, so she's looking for a way out because, A, her father is under his scrutiny. Yeah, um, because um, didn't so that, so Fung's father was arrested mm-hmm. near the beginning of the film, wasn't he? But then he ended up in hospital. Was that that was to do with Chung, wasn't it? He must have had got him beaten up. I might have maybe missed uh, where they went into that. I don't remember them going into it too much. So then he was in hospital. No, I can't remember that. I can't mm. remember when the transition was there. Yeah, but so he's he's poorly in hospital on machines and things, isn't he? Yeah. So her father's in a bit of a delicate state, also under Chung's control, 
as to what happens to him. So Joey is really stuck between a rock and a hard place. She is. I mean, she's fearing that her dad could get bumped off. Yeah. And she doesn't want a video of her naked and in distress, like passed around everywhere. So he's got Mm. that to blackmail her with. Yeah. And that's not enough for him, you know? Mm. On top of that, he wants to have sex with prostitutes and force her to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable, but it's over the top Hong Kong action. Mm. And they press your buttons and Mm. we all enjoy it. It's edgy cinema. Mm. Very edgy. Nothing wrong with that. If it gets you behind them, you know, come the end of the film. This all started with uh, one-armed swordsman when Jimmy Wangu got his arm lopped off and you're like, that's okay, Jimmy. Go for broke. Slice those shitheads up. And uh, (laughs) how many times will we continue that? (laughs) And now it's, okay, Joey, you know, get Mm. yourself a little revenge. Mm. Nothing's off the books. But she does plot out her revenge, doesn't she? She does, and it was very nicely done. It was. And very dramatic. But also, there's one of the threads that we're missing and not Mm. mentioning is how they both think that she's actually happy with Chung. That she's having a relationship with him. Tats and Chung have both got the ump. Yeah. Because they think she's happy to go along with this Chung git and um and they're they're sort of at their wits end i think like why why on earth are you staying with this moron you know your business is so important to you that you're going to sacrifice your soul and work alongside this git yes and (laughs) uh, you know even like he's surveying surveying her with him isn't he and she's got something in her eye and he's helping her and when oh, she puts her hand sees it yeah. from afar and it looks like they're kissing in the street but yeah. that, but Chung is actually trying to help um, Fung get something out of her eye Yeah. so that was a bit unfortunate it set him off down that, that um, road so there's a series of misunderstandings mm. that send characters one way or the other again we're in spoiler territory there comes a point in the film where Chung, not Chung, Chung, Max Mock. I was going to say Max Mock, yeah, make yeah, it easier. Yeah. Where he suddenly decides to make a go of it with Audrey. Yes. And he still does it in a bit of a bossy way, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. where's my soup? I'm going to starve if you're going to be my wife. And, um, but she's thrilled and he knows that yeah. she's going to be thrilled. So you see a kind of a turning point there. Yeah. That was really sweet. It was really sweet, wasn't it? And you have hope then for those characters. Yeah, you think, you're like, oh, at last, they're getting together. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like it, doesn't it? Because he says, what are you doing tonight? Oh, we're going for a meal. Where do you mm. want to eat? Says, oh, yeah. I want to eat Indonesian. So he knows she likes Indonesian, so that's good. But again, it's not to be, is it? No, no. There was, um, there was a shooting in the street orchestrated by Chong and poor old Audrey meets a bit of a sad end which was actually quite upsetting (laughs) I think it got to us both a little bit didn't it I know it was heartbreaking I know and you may you may laugh dear listeners and you know (laughs) I think we've gone mad but it does have a little punch to it because when you get this kind of over the top uh, emotional play sometimes it does it does mm. connect with you because they're they're over emphasizing everything, yeah. but it's it's go large in it, and so you, you get that yeah. low, and then you get that great big high, and then they take it away from you. And yeah, I felt quite choked up when Audrey bit it when she's dead, and and the acting there from Mike Smock, yeah, because it's like at that point he goes to talk to her, Danny, and he says, "Oh, women always." causing trouble pretending to be scared of a bit of gunfire then he realises she's hit and his face oh my goodness Mm. again very believable the upset you could really feel it couldn't you you could his despair yeah this woman that he just decided he was going to marry has now been taken from him yeah he was determined to find his happiness with her yeah and I think you know when he was walking down the street smiling he thought yeah this could work out yeah and then that happens Mm. 
So that leads us to her funeral, Audrey's funeral, and Max is not happy because no. he knows Chong or Lung Fong is responsible, the responsible yeah. one. So he pulls Joey Wong, who's there, to, you know, <laughs> behind the curtain to see a dead body, which, you know, again, yeah. a bit far-fetched. You could laugh at that, but... No, well, I don't think so. He's an explosive character. Yeah, and he, has, he tries to have it out with her, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, he does have it out with her, and then that's when she finally breaks her silence and, and sort of says the hell she's been going through, and then it's at that point that... Max Mock realises that this has perhaps gone too far and Chong, Lung Fong, needs sorting out once and for all. Yeah, and then we get a pretty nice action scene then, don't we? Yes. So if you feel you've been a little starved of action up to this point, and for those of you that are still listening that have watched it, you'll probably agree with us. We get a nice bit of gunplay mm. in the nightclub where he finds Chung. And um, I like that. I love the lighting in there. You've got that red yeah. light. Yeah. we got the two guns, hence the little taster of a bit of heroic bloodshed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a heroic bloodshed film. It's a, a triad drama, mm-hmm. you know, with um, other elements mixed in there. And it's great. I like that. Um, you know, Max mocks the way he moves about, jumping over, you know, the bars and stuff. And uh, he's, he moves well. Mm-hmm. And he suits these action sequence is really good and he yeah. obviously pursues Ch- Chong as well and uh, there's a real nasty fight scene with him in yeah. like the car park isn't there yes which ends up with a particularly sad bit of tragedy yes for Max Mock he meets a bit of a sticky incident doesn't he yeah I mean, the fall he takes during the fight, mm. nobody on this planet surviving that. So no, no, I will forgive harsh. you, dear yeah. listeners, if you say that's ridiculous. Because it is a little ridiculous. Well, but yeah, I thought he was falling through the air for quite a long time as well. Yeah. He must have been very high up. I know. If they filmed it a slight bit different and he just caught it on the way down yeah. and that took a bit of the speed off him then hit the car mm. but he hits it full on on his yeah, back which wouldn't make sense really he would have had to have turned in the air yeah. and gone over the handrail which I don't know I don't know much about physics but I don't think that no <laughs> I don't see that lining up <laughs> yeah it doesn't it doesn't seem to work but it's it's Hong Kong cinema and it doesn't have to be a scientific explanation. It doesn't. Yeah, you don't need the science to work. You need to like watching the crazy action. Need, yeah, and the shock factor and the terrible tragedy that's yeah. befallen. And enjoy the way they present it because mm. it's always different. There's no two films the same. Mm. You know, they always come up with something different. And although it's completely illogical, I like the scene. You yeah. know? Yeah. It does have a bit of impact. It does, but it left me feeling like, well, who on earth is going to sort this Bloomin' Chong character out? You know, the best chance I thought we had of getting rid of him with Max Mock has now been, has now gone. Because yeah. poor old Max Mock's are going to be out of action. <laughs> it does feel like he was kind of the only chance because yeah. he's the only one with, forgive, no pun intended, but a bit of backbone to him. And, um,. <laughs> Yeah, it does kind of leave you thinking, well, what the hell's going to happen next? And we, we don't have to discuss what happens next. I mean... We should maybe leave something Yeah, we'll leave something, because I don't, don't want to run through the whole thing. We've, yeah. we've had a good talk about it. What we will say, though, is do you find the ending satisfactory? I do. You do? Yes, very. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, I quite like it as well. It's um, meaty. And there's also one other major action scene, actually, when um, Chung, Lung Fong's triad group, tries to take out the Elder, so he's in complete control. Yeah, And yes. that fight in the town there, 
you know, that's fantastic. Yeah. And, oh Second. my God, that guy that goes out the window, Shaz. Yeah, I was going to say, there were actually, there weren't many, but there were a few stunts that did actually look quite, you know, harsh on yeah. the poor stunt people. That being one of them, the way he landed out of that window. Was it like right on the back of his neck or something, wasn't it? It looked like or his head was forward and he hit with his neck first, oh. then went over. A bit yeah. like Jackie Chan's fall in Project A on one of the outtakes when he drops off the tower. And you see him land, sort of it looks like Ooh. on his neck and then he f- drops over. This guy does that on concrete. Mm. I'm like... Oh, shit. I mean, the only thing I'd say is it was only just out of a window, so it wasn't, like, several stories up. It was, like, on the ground floor, wasn't it? So maybe it wouldn't have been quite as bad. I'm not going to try it out to see you now. (laughs) It didn't... (laughs) Hopefully the poor stunt person wasn't injured. Well, you never know, do you? Mm. Because there have been so many injuries in Hong Mm. Kong cinema. I've not heard of this being one of the serious ones. Mm. But then I can't really find any information when we've been researching mm. to tell you. So who knows? There was another stunt afterwards where somebody gets run over, but that's quite obviously a dummy. And it's quite <laughs> a funny one because of the way it bends. Oh, no. Um, I don't know why they leave those in when it doesn't mm. come out looking good. I would probably cut away just a split second sooner. Yes, yes. But like you say, though, back back in the um, the old days, I know we've talked about this before, when picture quality wasn't quite as good, you might not have been able to tell so much that it was a dummy. Yeah, you possibly. could. You could cover a multitude of sins with the um, <laughs> less definition and yeah. slightly hazier picture. Yeah. But when it's all out there now, we can see everything. We can, we can see, see everything. the wires. Yeah. We can, yeah, sometimes see too much. Well, I was going to say there was quite a funny scene. I know we said earlier there wasn't much humour in this, but there was one funny scene where Tats and Chung went... I can't remember where they went, but they came across Chung, didn't they? And they said, oh, my boss says you're so dangerous, I can arrest you whenever. So they hustle him out of this nightclub or pub. And then the next thing we see is um, Chung... Lung Fong sort of chained up outside somewhere with his trousers gone wearing some red pants and possibly some sort of funny I don't really know what it was animal pants anteater something like that (laughs) it was so funny yes and I just like to state for the record no I don't want a pair of those for Christmas They might be funny, uh, but there's nothing sexy about them. <laughs> yeah, because the question is, did, did um, Chong have those on anyway, or did they put them on him and make him wear them? In the... <laughs> we will never know. <laughs> that, that I cannot answer, but knowing how depraved he was, yeah, they were probably his pulling pants, I reckon. <laughs> I bet they were just a I'd love to have seen a scene where they pull his trousers down and go, what the fuck are those? (laughs) Oh, that was funny. Um, That was a good funny little scene, though. That was a great scene. Yeah, yeah. There's something else I wanted to mention as well, is we get Max Mock singing. We do. Yes, and that was very nice. I think that was part of the scene, wasn't it? He was singing karaoke. In one of the bars? Yeah. I think but, he was reflecting on yeah. things with um, Fung and, yeah, drowning his sorrows a little bit, maybe. That's when we got his flashbacks, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, it was, um, yeah, I think it was definitely him singing. Mm. And there's some songs at the end of the film, which I feel is probably Mike's mock too. Yeah. I think, wow, he's got a good singing voice, too. Is is it every Hong Kong actor that sings? I know. They're all just so talented. It really really annoys me. (laughs) (laughs) I have, like, no talent at all because they robbed the talent bank. They took my talent. (laughs) I want some talent back, please. (laughs) Two ounces. (laughs) Yeah. But no, it's great. I love that all these guys can do so much and do do so much. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have had as much entertainment as we've had over the years. 
Absolutely. Right. So, Shaz. Shall we have a little look at someone from the film? Yeah, who are you going to pick out today? What about Wilson Lamb? Because I don't really feel I know too much about him. So maybe you can run through a few films that you know of that he's been in. I've got brought up his um, filmography here My on HBO good TV. mate, Wilson Lamb. I used to drink with him back when I went over to Hong Kong. I'm not just kidding. <laughs> don't know him at all. Um, <laughs> he was born in 1960 on October 23rd in Hong Kong. And his filmography spans from 1988 to next year. Wow. I know. Uh, 36 films, Mm. which considering he started in 88, 36 films. That's pretty limited for a Hong Kong actor. I was going to say, I mean, that's, well, just about on average one a year, isn't it? It isn't one a year because he's had some massive gaps. Yeah. Hasn't he in his um, filmography here? Yeah, he has. I mean, he's quite busy from the 80s all the way up to the mid-90s. And um, it hits like 95 and then all of a sudden nothing to 2014. And 2014, he's in a film called The Suspicious. And um, then there's a following film in 2015 called Gua in Love. I think it's Gua. I don't know how to pronounce that. that. Forgive me, dear listeners. And then we have a film on the list for 2024 called Sons of the Neon Knight. Can we have a look at that, Shaz, and see what it says about that? Just opening it up now. So it's directed by Juno Mack. Good director. Mm. Oh, and look at the cast. Yeah, oh, this looks good. Tony Lunkarfai. Takeshi Kinshiro. Oh, Lao Ching Wan, what's going on here? Why, why have we not heard about this? Ooh. Well, oh, and Gao Yan Yan. Yeah, my heart just skipped a beat then when I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, keep going. So we also have Lewis Koo, a bit further down the old list there. I nearly missed him. And below Lewis, Michelle Wai. Do you remember what we had with her in? What was that? She was in Sleep Curse ah, with Anthony okay. Wong. Right, okay. And if you want to know a little about Sleep Curse, I'm plugging away here, Shaz. On our YouTube channel, we covered the Sleep Curse. It is a Herman Yao-directed film with Anthony Wong and Michelle Wai, and she was fantastic Mm. in that. Mm. And uh, just a couple below that, we have Wilson Lamb. It also says Conan Lee's in it. It can't be Conan Lee. Surely not. Click on that, and it can't be Conan Lee. It's got to be another one. Oh, my God. It is him? It's Conan Lee is in that gosh and you guys out there you know who I'm talking about Conan Lee from Tiger on the Beat Ninja and the Dragon's Den Ace is Good Places 5 Prince of the Sun well this this will be bonkers because he's not been in, in, in anything for 30 years he was also in Lethal Weapon 4 oh okay which might have been a little bit after that last film and these right. credit star oh yeah because this um, website only shows the Hong Kong Hong films, films. So this guy might have been in other stuff then but yeah, so that is very interesting that Wilson Lamb, who hasn't worked for a long time, is going to be in this film, Sons of the Neon Knight, in 2024, yeah. directed by a great director like Juno Mack, Yeah. with all those characters in it. Ooh. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's one to definitely look out for. Right. Try and keep that on our radar so we don't end up forgetting about it. <laughs> So what else can we look at? Let's go at the beginning of Wilson Lamb's filmography, shall we? And see what we have seen. Well, his his filmography started off with How to Pick Girls Up from 1988. I could have done with that film when I was in my (laughs) teens. Was never very good at that, really. And then um, the first one that we've seen on there is Doubles Causes or Doubles Cause Troubles. God, it's a bit of a tongue twister. It is. 1989, and if I remember rightly, I think that was Carol Dodo Cheng and Maggie Chung. Yes, with Nat Chan as well. Oh, yeah, and Charlie Chow. Now, that was directed by Wong Jing, so you know what you're getting there, folks. Mm. Crazy comedy, some slightly smutty humour, if I remember rightly. 
Um, it was one that was released on the Shaw Brothers label. Right. And, um, yeah, it, it was good fun. Doubles Cause Troubles. I think it was on UK Netflix for a while as well. Okay. I think that's where we saw it. Right. So, yeah, we can recommend Wilson Lamb in that. And then also, as we mentioned, Reincarnation of Golden Lotus with Joey Wong from 1989. Mm. Now, that is a fantastic film. I really think that's kind of bordering on art house, but also yeah. with a tad mm-hmm. of crazy Hong Kong cinema in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, check out our review on that. That is a really good film. And then as we go down, there's some other titles that I've, I've seen before, like The Fortune Cold and My Hero, but I've not seen the films. Then we have An Eye for an Eye, which we covered today at 1990. And then... There's one coming up that will be released on 88 Films label, which is Magic Cop. Mm, so yeah. he's in that with Lam Ching Ying. So I think that will get Wilson Lam a few more fans and get mm. his name a little bit out there. Cause, does, he, um, does he star in that one, does he? He's well, like La- Lam Ching Ying's the main one. I oh, think right, he was cool. his assistant in it, if I remember rightly. Yeah. Oh, okay. And him and Michael Moo. So... Yeah, hmm. and I love that film. you got Wuma on it, Mashiko Nishiwaki, Billy Chow. It's Mr. Vampire, but modern day. Okay. Um, that's one of the ones that I sent off to Ricky Baker's film at Streams for. Had, uh, the, the VHS had like a green sort of cover spine, and it had you know, a few pictures from the film on it. Right. It wasn't like a um, proper official, but the tape inside said TVB, so... Oh. I guess it was an official tape and right. just recovered for over here by Eastern Heroes or whatnot. And yeah, I watched that film to death. We got a DVD of it very early on when I was like slowly working my conversion process on you. It was one of the ones I put on late one night and you just you were just too tired. So when we get the Blu-ray from 88... It's going to be like a, a new film for you. And it's oh, also cool. been a long time since I've seen it. And that was directed by Stephen Tung Wei. Right. Everybody knows who that is. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. Who's that then? If you don't know who that <laughs> is, then I'm shitter than I think I am. And I think I'm pretty shit. <laughs> I have just noticed that a magic cop is called Mr. Vampire 5. Yeah, it sells Vampire versus Vampire. Oh, it, okay. it depends where you go. You, you know, you can get, in Hong Kong movies, you can get a whole bunch of threes, fours and fives and none of them are related. Hmm. You can have a number two to something that isn't number two because number two is something else. <laughs> so Very confusing. Yeah. Hard to follow sometimes. It's like the Shaw Brothers films, isn't it? There's Some of them are sequels. Like People don't realise that. Jewel the Fist and the angry guest of her uh, films and yeah. there's loads of them like that mm-hmm. so what else we got after that Angel Force so one of the girls with guns there's a chance that might get released because I know they're starting to release these films mm-hmm. and All for the Gamblers I'm not sure whether I've seen that one or not the title rings a bell I'm not sure right. he was in Casino Tycoon Kickboxer's Tears which I believe was Moonly if memory serves correct, 1992, I think that was Moon Lee in that one. Yep, Moon Lee. Yep. And Mark Cheng. Oh. Which we watched him the other day in, um, he plays Bell, doesn't he, in Election 2. That was it. And I think I also remember him from Rape by an Angel, if I remember rightly. But Mark Cheng, yeah, great actor. So that's another fun film. It's the old um, web being weaved again. Oh, yes. That tapestry is getting massive. It's going to cover the house soon. Then after that, we've got Guns and Roses. I think that is an Andy Lau film. If you... Let me hop into that one. Yeah, just hop into it quickly. Oh, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Forgive me. Shocking. Simon Yam. It's Simon Yam. Well, there's one that... There's one that we're eventually going to have to do on the Simon Yam files, isn't it? Yes. Simon Yam, Robin Shao. Um, I don't know, Sakakikibara Yoshi. That's a Japanese mm. actor in that. And uh, But it is directed by Philip Kofay. I did know that. Yeah. So we go back again on Wilson. 
because this will be the one and only time that we cover Wilson Yam on the podcast. Of course, he might get mentioned again if we oh, cover that film next year. But yeah. this, this is the only time we're going to go through his filmography. What about this Yes to You, Yes to Me, Yesterday? I like that title. You do? Yeah. Do you know anything about that one? I do. I know a little bit about that. Thank you to Kenneth Borson at podcast on fire because he has mentioned that film many many times over many of his podcasts and it drives me insane because i've he talks about it i really want to see it oh right there's three of them in the series and he said it's a bit like the wonder years oh yeah but like a hong kong version and as you know i love the wonder years i watched it all the way through with my big brother right love to watch that again by the way Maybe we should do a podcast on one of the years one day. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. And, um, yeah, so I've never been able to, to see that. I really would like to see it. And, um, you know, it's got Fung Bo Bo in it, Eric Sang, and Bridgewater. And, uh, yeah, Wilson Lamb's part of the cast. I think he's quite far down, so he probably doesn't have a major part. But, yeah, he's been in some films, you know, some films mm. that have been mentioned. And... Uh, I find it a shame that he's had that massive gap. I wonder why it is. Yeah. Could he could he not get the work? Oh, also, Fruit Chan was in that as well, I noticed. Oh, my goodness me. Is that the same Fruit Chan? It's got to be the same Fruit Chan. Surely there's not more than one Fruit Chan. It's a bit of an unusual name. Scan down. That's his actor list. We know he's acted. Does it have that massive directing list? It does. Yep, it's that Fruit Chan. The Fruit Chan that at one stage I said <laughs> wasn't very good. Well, but you've had to think twice about that. If we look really? at his filmography, okay, let's see how many films I say that I've seen that are good, yeah. Because I, I might be talking out my ass here. Finale in Blood, love. Made in Hong Kong, love. Dumplings, Free Extremes, love. Midnight After, love. Tales from the Occult, I love this section in that. Hmm. Ones I hated invincible dragon oh yes yes oh shit and then after that that's it right so there's only one thing you've seen that you weren't keen on i'd just like to make a public apology to fruit chan <laughs> it's because of invincible <laughs> invincible dragon that film really sucked and we had a comment well, you know. a comment today from mike leader saying that oh you should see invincible dragon I said, I ain't falling for that, Mike. I've already seen it. I'm not watching it again. <laughs> Once was enough, eh? Once was enough. That was painful. It made me write off on a director when clearly I like his films, but thought I didn't because of one bad one. But we um, we haven't seen Coffin Homes, have we? And yet, did was it a new release? Because I seem to remember that one and we saw it coming out. We did, didn't we? A few months ago or whenever it was. I might have been last year. Last year, I think. I think we covered it on our Coming Soon. Yeah. And uh, we never got it. It's just... Yeah. As far as as I have seen, and I haven't checked for a long while, it hadn't dropped in price. Right. And and you know what we're like? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're so tight. Well, yeah, you've got to get the best price, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, because we do spend on pre-orders... But then we look for sales. Yes. And we look for offers. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of put money aside and then when sales come, we hit it. And uh, this will be one that, yeah, Mm. perhaps we'll pick up then. Um, I want to see some more Fruit Chan films now. Yeah. I don't know how we got from an eye for an eye to Fruit Chan when we're looking at Wilson now. I know. But it's a tangent. (laughs) It's a tangent. Sorry, guys. I hope this is making interesting listening. (laughs) It's certainly fun for us to go through all this. It could be that we're the only two idiots here having fun, but let us know. Leave a comment on the podcast if this is good or if it's a lot of rubbish. (laughs) Promise not to be offended. (laughs) But yeah, eye for an eye. I I definitely recommend this one, Shaz. How about you? Yeah, I do. I think as well, I wanted to just say that it's showing a rating of um, category 2B. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's right? Do you think it should have been category 3? Or is it because there wasn't anything too visual? It was that that rating is enough. You'd have to have more sort of violence demonstrated. 
Yeah, and one kind of surprised because you've got triads in there. So yeah. that usually aunts it to a three. Mm. I don't think the violence was like bordering on like um dr lamb untold story bowler syndrome no nothing like that nothing as strong as that just some of the themes covered like with joey wong getting attacked and things like that or Mm. maybe like i say because you didn't see anything it was all just yeah implied implied yeah it was implied but it was still powerful Mm. and uh, but i think the rating's probably right Mm. i'd say you know to be it's still warning you it's quite strong right it's just not as strong Right. But even still, I do, I would recommend it. I did like it. Very hard-hitting film. Yep, and I think you can pick this one up quite reasonably now on the Hong Kong websites, um, stores. Because if you can't, then we wouldn't have bought it. (laughs) So, unless I was just having a a Joey Wong, I need a Joey Wong fix. I think so. It could have been that. You were just buying... You're, you know, a few Joey Wong ones, weren't you? Yeah. I like uh, my Joey Fat. Wong poster cupboard. I've got like 7,892 Joey Wong posters in there, I think. Let's count. <laughs> <laughs> joke, joke. <laughs> what, um, so what was the release we have? CN Entertainment. CN Entertainment. And I like those. I don't know, everybody agrees with this, but I pretty much think CN Entertainment put out nice remasters. Yeah, yeah they do. The the picture always looks good to me. Yeah, yeah, picture was good. Yeah. I thought the sound was good. The only thing was there were some, you know, typos on the old subtitles, but nothing that really detracted from the film. No, and if you do get this disc, you get a trailer mm-hmm. and you get a photo gallery. And I always oh. like the photo gallery. Yeah. And there's an interior image on the sleeve as well. Which is always nice. They always put that in, so it's not lazy white. You've got an yeah, image in there. like something. It's not 88 films. It's not Eureka. It's not Beninka Syndrome. It's not Arrow. It's none of those. But, you know, I do think that we should support the Hong Kong labels too. Yeah, of course. Because they put out films that we're not going to get no, from... No, they're not all going to be released no, in, in the West. I don't see anybody releasing this one in the no. West because it wouldn't be deemed a classic. no. You know, no. you just have to look at the average reviews on Letterboxd or, or IMDb and a lot of people mm. quick to write it off. Um, we hope we've shed a little bit of light on what this film's like yeah. so that you can understand better whether it may or may not be for you. We're not going to tell you definitely get it. Weigh up what we've said, have a look at a few other reviews, find people that you trust that marry up with your own likes mm. and then make your decision. But for us... We enjoyed this one. Yeah. We're glad to have it in a collection. Definitely. It won't be going anywhere and we will be watching it again at some point in the future. So that completes our discussion on an eye for an eye. And now for something completely different. We go beyond Hong Kong. For today's Beyond section, we are going to Boston in the US for The Boston Strangler. This is a 2023 film starring Keira Knightley and Carrie Coon. And it focuses on two female reporters reporting on the strangle killings back in the day. The city is for some glamorous, stimulating, prosperous, only recently has it become dangerous. Jack, I think I found something. Three women were strangled over the last two weeks. You're on the lifestyle desk. You're not covering a homicide. Yes, this one can be found streaming on Disney Plus in the UK. And I think 
in other areas it may be on Hulu. Very different role for Kira Knightley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I um, really liked her in this. I thought she was really good. And the other lady, Carrie Coon. They definitely made a good pairing, as mm-hmm. in their relationship was believable. Yeah. And I found this film threw me a little bit. I didn't expect it them to be the focus, because when it's called The Boston Strangler, I immediately yeah. went back to the... 70s film was it 70s or was it 60s with tony curtis mm, yeah i'm not sure when it was made but yeah we we've we saw that one quite a while ago didn't we and we were quite blown away with his performance in that yeah i mean i remember purchasing that on purpose for you to see because i'd seen mm. it a long long time ago on laserdisc and you weren't aware of tony curtis as an actor until that point you know when i say as an actor Proper actor. Yeah. Not someone in I'm like, funny he's, films. <laughs> he's got performances in him. Yeah. Because you'd introduced me to Boeing Boeing. And I'm like, have yeah. you seen Boston Strangler? Mm. Which she hadn't. So I was expecting the Strangler himself to be the focus of this one. And mm. I was a little surprised to find that that wasn't the focus. Mm. No, you're right. I don't think it really is too clear. I mean, on the, the picture on the Disney Channel thing... It sort of showed the women, I think. So I I thought it might not be just on him, on the killer. But yeah, I wasn't completely 100% as to what the focus was going to be. So I guess a few people might go into it, you know, thinking it was about the actual killer. Which, don't get us wrong, the killer is featured. <laughs> killer or, or killers. killers. <laughs> Plural, yeah. <laughs> but that also threw you because... It sort of hinted at there being a series of different people, whereas the Boston Strangler film with Tony Curtis, I think he it was presumed he was the only killer. But then, like I said to you, when that film was made, maybe more things have come to light in the years since that was made, and now they've you know, completely got a different theory. I guess so. Um, mm. Scientific techniques of learning about... Specific elements of crimes have mm. been developed so much over the years, and it's not unusual to hear of new evidence turn yeah. up 20, 30 years later yeah. in some crimes, and, and some get solved a lot later on. I had no idea. No. So what did you stand on this one? How did you feel about this film, Shaz? I I was really into it. I was quite gripped. There was one scene where Kira Knightley is in the house with her children, and there's something going on, something's spooked her and um that i felt really tense with that scene when she was going around the house um but i don't know what did you think right i've got to be honest here i was a little bored during this film oh no it (laughs) there's nothing wrong with the acting in it Mm. they're all performing fantastically Mm -hmm. and if this is your cup of tea then you're going to enjoy this very very much it's pretty much just a straight drama film it is a straight drama and i think because i was channeled for something else that's Mm. probably jarred my um vision of the film perhaps if i came to it at a later date and rewatched, knowing what i was going to get i might be looking out for different things Mm -hmm. and therefore my experience of it might be a little bit different Mm -hmm. but on the first time watch i was waiting for something else to happen and it never happened so it yeah, left me a little bit cold. Mm, that's a shame. Well, I, I really like the realism of it and the, the characters facing the sexism that they had back then. You know, if you were a female reporter, you just had to do reviews of toasters mm. <laughs> and, and fashion and things like that. You know, it's quite uncommon for a female reporter to be covering a murder case, especially one possibly involving women. Um, obviously, the other reporter that Kira Knightley's character worked with had reported on other cases before, but that's because that lady knew someone that knew someone, I think, so she probably found it easier to get that job <laughs> than someone just coming in yeah, trying seemed, to work their way up. There seemed to be a bit of rivalry initially between the two of them. I think so, but then I think they realised that they had to work together because two people trying to get to the bottom of something is probably easier than one person. And plus the more senior reporter had more contacts, so it could get more information. So I, I suspect Kira Knightley 
was pleased of that because at the end of the day, she just wanted to get to the bottom of it as well. You could sense the frustration. Mm-hmm. Another woman was strangled, just came over the wire. I'm killed in the follow-up. You don't have a story. How many women have to die before it's a story? They just confirmed number four. Police aren't talking. Never seen them this tight-lipped about anything. I'm not sure that everybody did the homework on this because I think they did mention that he was a serial killer and I'm not 100% certain but I don't think the term serial killer at that point in history had been coined. No, no. Especially if you go by that program that we loved and watched on Netflix. Mindhunters. Yeah, Mindhunters. That they were calling him a sequence killer in that. To start with, weren't they? To start with, before they actually come up and coin the phrase. Mm -hmm. But that's just um, something to drive the story, just so people can relate to and understand, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You could be picky like me, and you're like, Leon, you're a picky sod. Why do you have to pick up on that? They've made a good drama, and you'd be absolutely correct. But I have my moments with these things. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a shame, but I, I, I really enjoyed it. Saying, And as you said... The acting was really good. I mean, you can't fault Kira Knightley. She's always amazing in everything she's in. And um, I noticed there was a guy in it. Is it Chris Cooper? It was. I've got a feeling he was in the Bourne Identity films or one of them as a boss or something. One of the agents. Was that her boss at the newspaper? Yeah, she. He yeah. was in. Yeah, the boss at the newspaper. He's a good actor. I've seen yeah. him in so many things. Mm. Um, Time to Kill. He okay. was the policeman who's like got shot off by Samuel L. Jackson oh, right. by accident and um, things like The Accused he played a scumbag in that um, very talented range that guy is experienced hand mm. now so they picked out really good people for this you really want to use this paper to tear down the police department if anyone else was blowing it this badly, we'd have put it on the front page a long time ago. I need you to take down an address. If I don't call back in an hour, give it to the police. Loretta, there's more than one lunatic out there and you're going to get us both killed. And hopefully, with our little rundown of it, we've like um, channeled your expectations to the right place. So it might be that, from what we say, you go and watch this. Mm. And you get more out of it than I did, and you'll perhaps be more in alignment with Shaz. And just listening to what you said now has made me think, yeah, I was looking at the wrong thing. And, and the points you made about the sexism, and it really resonates a little bit more for me now. Yeah, and also um, focusing on as well that it was two women, you know, they both had children trying to juggle their private lives with how I guess a reporter's life is where you have to drop everything and go because there's a development on a story you're working on you know and the impact that then has on your home life and your kids and your husband which again it was probably unusual back then for women maybe to have jobs like that I think the husband character was quite supportive he was yeah but I don't think she really realized it and she just kept expecting more and more and more support from him yeah it got to a point didn't it where it's like wow this may be a bit much now. Yeah. But, you know, um, that's how things work in life, isn't it? Sometimes, mm. you know, you, you, you've you got jobs to do and something else crops up and you don't want it to interfere, but it just does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was a really good story, I thought, told really well. You did see some of the murders, didn't you? Yeah. Um, so there was that element of the story as well. It wasn't just the women reporting. You know, you did see other things leading into the story. Um, yeah. So I would highly recommend this film. What oh. about you? Okay, for me, um, I would say, you know, you've listened to this, you know whether you're going to like it or not. For me, it's a tentative recommendation because I need to rewatch at mm. some point. Um, but I would also recommend seeking out the Tony Curtis film because his yes. performance in that is powerhouse absolutely astounding and i think that's what was missing for me in this one was there was no tony curtis character but there you go folks that's that's where i stand <laughs> a safe little world is just delusion Right, HK and Beyonders, that completes our episode for today. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time.